0: Welcome to Q&A Selling Online, with answers to questions about creating an online empire, promoting products, or building a brand. Your host, private label and e-commerce entrepreneur, Quinn Amorm.
1: Welcome back, my friend. Today, I have a guest with me who not only is selling on Amazon, but he has software that can help us sell on Amazon. We all know that Amazon selling isn't new, but doing it well And doing with profit has been out of reach for most people. You all know how my biggest pet peeve is a lot of people that do not know what their real margins are. Today we have Mike Zagari with us. And uh, Mike is a serial entrepreneur. He's also a recovering physical therapist. And he now helps uh, entrepreneurs just like us make some serious money. Mike Zagari, how's it going, Mike? Fantastic. Thanks for having me, Quinn.
0: Excited to be here with you all, guys, with everybody.
1: Mike, so you used to, as a part-time side hustle selling on Amazon, you used to do $40,000 a month, which is no joke for most people. Now you
0: have 10x that, and you're doing over 400000 per month. Is that right? Yeah, we were able to scale the business up in a relatively short period of time, but it started with good products, and then I was able to leave my uh, physical therapy job back in 2016. Nice. And so it's
1: 2016, that is now four years since you have not been to an on a nine-to-five job.
0: Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I actually had my own physical therapy company, which um, I started about 10 years, about 12 years ago. And I was able to leave that because it just wasn't my passion. And then slowly... I found Amazon and then we built up Amazon from there. How did you find Amazon? Uh, Well, it came from me really wanting to get out of physical therapy and really looking for opportunities. And I found it one day on my phone on the way to the gym. um, It was pouring rain outside. I looked at my phone and I was scrolling through my phone and I saw an opportunity to drop ship on eBay and Amazon. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? Let me look into this because I used to do this when I was 17. I used to scalp tickets when I was 17. And uh, it was pretty fun back then. I figured, well, what's what's going on in that that space now? I looked into it, saw a webinar, and then I made tons of mistakes along the way and then landed on finally private label, which is what I knew uh, was the opportunity to really make this business more scalable and fun.
1: Nice. And then you decided to go into software and you attacked Two of the big, at least three, but uh, two of the biggest pain points that I know most sellers have. One is knowing their real margins and knowing if they're bleeding money because a lot of sellers, unfortunately, are losing money without even knowing. And then the other one is PPC. So you launched uh, and you
0: own uh, PPC Entourage, Correct. Yeah, so I'm the owner of PPC Entourage. Which back in 2015, I went to a really great event that really was inspiring. Um, it was called Freedom Fastlane Live, and they kind of um, you know had us do this exercise where we forced our vision or we put our vision out there for the year. And the top of my list of things that I wanted to learn was PPC. I wanted to dive into it. I knew it was a, the way to get it out, my product out in front of as many eyeballs as possible. So I dove into PPC. I would say like all out for four months, literally just like I went to Starbucks, I was hyper caffeinated and I would download the reports and I would try different things. I probably tried 200 different campaigns. It was a mess. Um, But then I realized, well, we're doing really well with this. You know, back in the day, PPC was a lot cheaper. So I was able to make some of those initial mistakes and not like completely lose my, my bank account, my money. So I was able to figure out a system and then we slowly but surely turned that into a software. Starting with um, the first tool in Entourage which was the search term Scraper, which basically we went into the search term report and we found the winning search terms connected to keywords, okay. and we automatically harvested those so you can turn those into keywords, and that was a winning strategy, so that was the first tool, and then we just layered on all of these different tools to help Amazon sellers you know, create new campaigns, but also the most important thing now is to save money and optimize with with much better precision as things get more complicated. Cool, so do you have any programming background
1: or did you have to hire people to do that for you?
0: Yeah, so I have zero programming background. In fact, when I first started, I didn't even know what a bug was When when, you know, like I didn't realize that bugs came along with programming. So like when the software didn't work, I'm like, why isn't this working? I just paid you to make this. But so I had to learn the whole thing. And that was a lesson in and of itself. And now, you know, we have a team of programmers who are uh, really qualified and uh, I just get to do what I love to do, which is create cool stuff for Amazon sellers and say, oh, this would be great if this tool could do this. And then I pass it along. Yeah. So you originally started the tools for yourself,
1: right? For your own use. And then from there, you expanded it to to everybody else.
0: Yeah, originally I'd say for like a month, my first initial thought was let me just do this for my own use, and then and then I my thought was okay, let's turn this into a tool for other Amazon sellers, and let's go from there. And that was before everything was automated with the API at Amazon. So you mm-hmm. had to upload the reports, you had to do all this crazy stuff for entourage, and it was still a pain in the ass, but uh, and it was buggy as could be. But it's come a long way since uh, oh, geez, two thousand sixteen that was. Yeah. Well, nice. So.
1: That's one of the things that I don't know if there's There's probably some people out there that actually enjoy the analytics of going to Amazon and going through those reports. But that thing is just so painful, downloading the reports. And then a, a lot of the reports, uh, I don't know if it's just me, but uh, a lot of the reports that I download, let's say the inventory reports and all that, it's not related to BBC, but when they come... When they automatically download into the PC, they don't come as Excel. Then I still have to go open, turn it into Excel, and then access the sheets. And even if it wasn't Excel, it would still be painful enough. So that is, (laughs) man, so thank you for getting rid of the pain for for most sellers and doing that. So what can people expect, for example, joining, because I know you have PPC. Um, entourage and you have the the margins one and then one that I I know nothing about which we're going to talk to you uh, a bit later in the show is um, the spotlight let's start with the PPC one Uh, what can people
0: expect from from your PPC tools well I just want to let people know that we have a free blog um, that's really really cool in terms of launching through PPC so you know Basically, back in the day, it used to be like, you know, you do these launch services and do all that kind of stuff, and it was expensive, but it worked. Now it doesn't work quite as good, and you have to have a multi-pronged approach. So we put that together in a post that I think is going to be really helpful for the sellers that are listening to this in terms of how to set up your campaign and structure your campaign to launch a product that has zero to five reviews. You get that base of reviews. And to get the keywords rolling. Um, and then once you have a campaign that's doing pretty well, once you have a product that's doing pretty well, you have to know how to do basic PPC. We have a four-campaign structure, so four campaigns per product structure. And basically, that includes the auto campaign, includes the research campaign, includes like an exact targeted campaign for the for, and also product targeting campaign. So it's a well-pronged approach, and the software takes what the blueprint builds, it takes uh, all the information from the blueprint and allows you to easily do it with uh, limited, you know, with very little time. Um, So we also have that free blueprint available, which you guys can download. And once again, that's four campaigns per product. Uh, So in answer to your question, what we can do is we can optimize keywords on a very fast level. We can find all of the keywords where you're spending too much money, the really expensive keywords, even the Mm -hmm. keywords with no clicks. And you can make decisions based on that information. You can find the search terms that are just really costing you a lot of money. And you got to know the difference between a keyword and a search term. A keyword is what you're bidding on. A search term is what somebody's actually using to find your product. They can be different depending on the match type that you set it up with, if it's broad or phrase match. Okay? So Mm -hmm. this is fundamental knowledge that you have to have in order to conquer PPC. Now, PPC Entourage makes it a lot easier and faster to do that but you have to have some basic knowledge of PPC because the game is getting more complex. And I think the people who are going to win in this game are going to be the ones who know how to manage it a lot better because there's going to be other variables that come into play as the game gets more complex, like day partying and all these different things that are coming into play.
1: Exactly. And you touched uh, on something that I wanted to ask you, and is now we see more and more often when product launches being done without the old school giveaways and all that, it's like a, a pure PPC launch. Uh, have, you, have you tried a pure PPC launch? And like you said, with low reviews, because when we're launching, of course, we have low, if, if any. In, in that situation, are our our PPC campaigns are they more expensive because we don't have social proof there?
0: Yeah, they're more expensive, but you have to also understand that product launches are equally as expensive, if not more expensive. So if you're going to give away a product, you're going to pay for the product launch company, you're going to pay for the FBA fees, you're going to pay for the cost of goods, all of that stuff. PPC, you're probably going to sell it at a a higher price point. Um, But if you don't have social proof, you have to overcome the lack of social proof with a discount. And how we've been doing that is through coupons. So let's say you put on a twenty-five to fifty percent coupon, Mm -hmm. twenty-five to fifty percent off coupon. That will give sell when people come and they look for your product. They may give you a shot because you don't have the social proof, but you have the discount, and they may weigh that pro the pros with the cons and give you a shot because of that discount. So we've had really good success with the PPC launch strategy. But in order to get over that um, initial issue with no reviews. We put a coupon. Now, that's not a promotion. That's a coupon, a clipable coupon.
1: Okay, perfect. And that is all those that you do
0: like internally using Amazon promotions tabs, right? Yeah, that's all done internally. Yeah, so we'll follow the blueprint. We'll set up the coupon. You know, we'll make sure our listing is good from the very beginning. Make sure our product is really good, and uh, it's a, It's not just you know a me too product. If possible, that's the best thing. And then we've seen, I'd say, uh, a good chunk of our products do really well with PPC launches. If it's a good product, others need a little help from the search find buy, which is a strategy where you're getting outside traffic to search for your products uh, with the keyword and then click on it and purchase it. And that can be in conjunction with PPC because Amazon PPC looks at click-through rate percentage and conversion history. So if you're sending outside traffic, giving them specific instructions to click on your PPC, now Amazon will look in that and actually give you favorable, potentially favorable positioning for BPC down the line. So it's 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 actually a good thing to do the combination. We found really good results. Throw in a little bit like a rebate key, and when you do a rebate, um, the, the, the triple whammy works pretty well. Nice. And as the search find buy
1: that you mentioned, uh, is there any tools out there that you know to use this, or do you just go now with, Friends, family, Facebook groups,
0: and ask them to do the search. Find by. We do it through a Facebook group that we put together, and also an email list that we built over time. Okay. But I know that there are tools out there um, like SellerBot, a seller chat bot, rather. Um, I actually have an, a meeting with the, the guy who put that together, and he does search find by with cold traffic. But it's the same concept. You know, it's cold traffic, search find by, and telling people what to do, and then going uh, and cl- connecting to your product. Yeah, perfect. Uh,
1: and something else I wanted to ask you, and it comes to lately, I've been hearing a lot of big sellers mentioning that they are stop they stopped using broad match on their PPC campaigns and they're trying to target more exact. Is that a valid strategy? Is that something you've been seeing uh,
0: as well? Or what do you think about this? So we still use automatic campaigns, which is kind of like a broad match, and we use broad match, but we use it mainly for discovery, discovering new opportunities. So perhaps those new sellers have honed in on the keywords that they know produce the sales and produce the results, and they're very sure about that. Now, that may not be – it may be one keyword, it may be 20 keywords – But in the discovery phase with the broad and the auto campaign, you can find out what those keywords are through the search term report. So the beauty for me of the search term report or the broad match campaign is finding out opportunities in the search term report. So while there's more emphasis, I think, on phrase and exact match, I would not uh, say that we have eliminated the broad match because we find a need for it in terms of getting that broad amount of visibility. Cool,
1: okay, good to know because I still use my uh, my broad match and uh, I have more like the long tail keywords. I have those with an exact match or like you said, after I have proven that these are my keywords, I put them in exact match, but I still have um, broad match campaigns running w- with the same one. So I don't know if, uh, could I be competing against myself or is there such thing?
0: Well, I would go into first of all, you can't compete against yourself unless you're on two separate platforms like AMS and PPC. Mm-hmm. You're, you can potentially compete. So that's like a thing that doesn't really exist. Um, but what I would do is inst- if you have Entourage or you have a tool that does this, you can actually put in the keyword. And then you, if you search for that keyword, you can see where it's located and the map type and then see which where, where it performs the best. We found that some keywords perform better in broad. As compared to exact, for whatever reason, it doesn't. It, it really depends on that uh, <clears throat> on that keyword, and you can do mm-hmm. the investigation and check it out. Yeah,
1: I have tried that, and there's certain keywords that I have in exact match and in broad match, and even the number of impressions is like 100 times smaller on on one of them. Uh, meaning it's for whatever reason it's uh, not showing up as either exact or as broad in whatever case maybe.
0: Right and the beauty of broad too is visibility so getting more impressions and more visibility and if you're looking to brand it's a great a great thing to do. If you want to be very targeted yes you can use exact match but just keep in mind that the the cost per clicks are going to go up. They have been going up We've seen that account-wide on all the accounts that we manage, and I'm sure you guys are seeing that as well. Absolutely. So, Mike,
1: there's a strategy that I use sometimes, and uh, I want to mention it to you to see what you think if it's it's a good idea or not, because most sellers focus on the ACOS. They only want ACOS, and then we go to Facebook groups, and we see, look, I have a 2% ACOS. I'm doing... So well, and five percent. And sometimes, if I really want to rank for a keyword, I can let certain keywords go to a loss. You know, a hundred, a hundred percent ACOS, and and I let it go just so I can someday get that keyword ranking organically, no matter what it cost is costing me right now. Have you ever? Uh, use such strategy to get a a particular keyword to rank for you that you have,
0: uh, you know, you are relevant to? Absolutely. And I'm so glad that you brought that up. So ACOS is a typical number that people look at to gauge whether or not they're successful with their Amazon-sponsored products. Mm -hmm. I want to flip that script a little bit and tell people that the real important thing is ad spend margin impact. So what does that mean? Ad spend margin impact is the amount of money you're spending relative to your organic sales and your PPC sales. Mm-hmm. So let's say you have, you spend $10 and you make hundred, then your ad spend margin impact is going to be 10, percent So that means 10% of your margins are being eaten up by ad spend margin impact. Now your ACOS could be much higher, but you still only have 10% ad spend margin impact. And why is that important? Because we have found that if we're aggressive with our ad spend, and we're within a certain range, we don't want to spend like, we don't want to have all of our margins being eaten up by ad spend. It would be stupid. If we had 50% ad spend margin impact, that means every uh, half of every dollar is going back to Amazon for PPC. However, if we can keep that number between 6 to 12%, and then we can scale with that number, even if our ACUS is a little bit higher, there's a lot of benefits to that. A, we have controlled costs because we know what our ad spend margin impact is and we're staying within that range. B, we're scaling for certain keywords and we're putting money behind certain keywords and that could have a ripple effect, meaning you could have more um, sales, more sales velocity and then start to get different keywords to rank and you could see a rise of the tides in your keywords because you're not just focused on the EQS of a particular keyword, you're focused on the ad spend margin impact of that product as a whole. Now, probably wondering how you find that out. That's why we built margins tool, because margins will show you that. Um, the other thing, guys, is important to note is we want to look at the 80-20 rule. We want to make sure that 80% of your sales are coming from organic and 20% through PPC. So that means if you're spending a lot of money on your PPC, but you're getting 80% sales and you're within that ad spend margin impact of six to ten to twelve percent now you know you have a winning recipe because you have margin left over, you have a good amount of organic visibility, and you're getting some of your sales through PPC. So it's a different picture than just looking at the ACOS. Yes, ACOS is important. Yes, you have to look at that and you have to make decisions and ask yourself, is it worth to go uh, higher on this keyword in terms of my ACOS to get the potential benefit? All of those questions come into play, but I'm just telling everyone to also look at the bigger picture of the whole thing And to know your numbers uh, uh, as a whole. Fantastic. So thank you, thank you for that.
1: I I feel a lot better because sometimes I, you know, we do look at those screenshots and people that say I got the two percent ACOS. That is beautiful, but if you only got one sale, it doesn't really matter what your ACOS is, right? uh, Now, what are some of the common mistakes that you see? early sellers or even older
0: Amazon sellers do? So with their PPC, some common mistakes is not being um, starting off relevant with your keywords and your keyword research. So spending extra time on keyword research is important. And I would say also spending extra time on negative keyword research is important as well from the very beginning. So meaning if you're going to set up your campaign to win, your listing's got to be good, your keywords that you put in there have to be good, your strategy has to be good but also the negative keywords that you find using specifically negative match type, negative phrase match type has to be on point as well. And we've seen a great improvement in our ACLS by doing that. And what that basically does is gives Amazon a little bit more direction in terms of who to target with your ad. So you're telling them who not to target, which is incredibly important. Yeah. So we use a tool for that. We use um, Helium 10. We use uh, uh, Cerebro and they have the word tree that comes up, the frequency counter, and you can go into that frequency counter and you can see the words that are not related to what you're selling and use those words as negative phrase match from the very beginning. Awesome,
1: that is something that I'm terrible at. I'm terrible at adding negative, uh, negative keywords just because I'm like, what if, you know, what if I could rank for this? What and So I kind of give them a tiny budget, uh, a a really low, you know, the two-cent click bid, but I I let them stay live sometimes. Uh, So I'm guessing that is not what I should do.
0: Well, um, you know, you could do it that way, but we found that by putting strategic negative match types in there, it really helps to eliminate some of the junk. Because people can be hurt by death by a thousand paper cuts, meaning... A uh, lot of people who, who we I talked to an expert before, a PPC expert the other day about this. A lot of the unprofitable search terms are coming from one-off clicks, meaning there's all of these different search terms that people put in and they could be all of these different variations and they may not show up more than one time, but those one-off clicks really add up to about 80% of your, of your wasted ad spend according to this PPC expert. Yeah. So that's a big deal. And if you can eliminate some of those one-off clicks by doing a negative phrase match, now you're not spending money where you could be spending more money elsewhere, could be putting more money into the keywords that are working, the search terms that are working. We have a tool called the negative word finder, which basically what it does, it's very simple, it's an algorithm. But what it does, it looks for all of the profitable keyword and search terms and it puts it into one list and it breaks that list down into the individual words. Then it takes all of the unprofitable words, all the, all the keywords and search terms that had no, no sales whatsoever, and it breaks all of those down into individual words. And then it compares lists. If the word is on list B and not on list A, meaning it's only on the unprofitable search term list, we will show that to you, and we will also show you how much money you're wasting on that particular word. So what you can do is take that information and then do a negative phrase match, and now you know, in the future, I never have to worry about those little paper cuts ever again for that particular word. You add in 10 or 15 of those, and now your performance can get much, much better without worrying if it's going to stop you from getting those profitable sales because these words have never linked to a profitable sale. Gotcha. And uh,
1: sometimes it happens that the keyword that you think is your number one, the number one keyword it not only it doesn't convert but you, you don't even get enough impressions even even while while having a super high bid let's say for example a keyword bluetooth speaker which uh, i guess if somebody wants to rank for the keyword bluetooth speaker uh, good luck but if you op- <clears throat> if you set it up as a $5 $5 bid and you throw a $1,000 a day budget at the keyword, and I've tried it before, even with that $5 bid per click, it still wasn't getting enough impressions, not only clicks or conversions, but impressions. Uh, and then of course I checked correct category, I'm in the right category, I mean, or I was because that thing was
0: short-lived. Uh, what do you think happens in those situations? Well, that's a keyword. I mean, that keyword gets a lot of impressions every single day. So, I mean, it could be that you're you're we're not as uh, aggressive as other bidders. Although that sounds pretty aggressive, it also could be that you don't have any other metrics that really back up. You know, Amazon doesn't show them or give them confidence to really show your ad. So, let's say uh, high conversion rate uh, or high click through rate percentage. You know, they know that this other person who puts their ad in front of this buyer they have a really high, good history as compared to your campaign, which might be brand new. So it may not have as good of a conversion rate. So they want to, not only they do look, they look at bid price, but they look at other metrics to give you like an ad ranking score. And then the ones, and the ad quality score rather. So if you had a low ad quality score, even though you're bidding high, someone who has better conversions, better history, better sales velocity, better click-to-rate percentage, they may get a favorable position over you. And also may end up spending a little bit less because they have all of that stuff in place.
1: Yeah, that, that's what I thought. It was more it kind of a a relevancy thing, just because nobody was converting uh, to that keyword. And when that what ended up happening was everybody, uh, friends and family got uh, Bluetooth speakers for Christmas when I killed the product, so everybody got free up. <laughs> Everyone loved you, right? They
0: got the good, good gifts for Christmas. Awesome. Exactly. <laughs> the other thing to look out for, though, to that note, is just be mindful that there are bots out there that are sending traffic to PPC campaigns. We noticed a couple of our sellers, and my account in Germany got a lot of clicks, but no sales. All of a sudden, the ACUS went through the roof, and everything like tanked. And that sends a signal to Amazon that this product is not in a good position here because it's not converting. Mm-hmm. So what happened to my friend was we ended up shutting down PPC for a week and then he actually had more sales and then eventually it got better. So uh, just be mindful of that. That And that happened to me in Germany too. I shut off my PPC and my sales went from like, we were doing like 10 a day, went to like 30 a day only because all of that traffic was like junk traffic and all the, there was a lot of yeah. problems with that. So unfortunately, that stuff does exist. Although Amazon's not too quick to pay you back, my friend did get some money back from this example, though. Yeah, so that that's something that
1: I did notice before because something uh, something must have happened. Of course, I had no proof, but you know, when you look at the CTR of of certain products, it's like zero point something, and I ended up getting up to five percent CTR, uh, which is completely insane right so I guess uh, that that kind of stuff does happen unfortunately yes it does yeah so uh, entourage margins that's something that I'm really really fascinated about because like we talked about earlier so many people that are selling on Amazon starting out and even people that have been selling for a long time still don't know their real margins right Uh, with entourage margins does that mean uh, if I go to Entourage Margins, I, it will add up all Amazon's expenses, including my PPC, refunds, storage? And does does it allow me to add my landed costs
0: so I can know exactly what my real margins are? Yeah, so if you go into margins, you will know exactly to the penny how much money you're actually making on Amazon. That was the biggest frustration for us was that we had good products but we were getting eaten alive by certain mistakes that would happen in the amazon platform for example excessive fba fees we would be flagged for an oversized product and then all of a sudden we would have to pay 40 percent more in fba fees so i was uh, talking to my assistant and i said listen can you get this all together so we have to submit this to amazon we have to get reimbursed thousands of dollars and that's when i realized that there's only so much margin to go around. And if Amazon makes a mistake that, that costs us 20% of our margins, there goes the margin for that product for, for whatever, how many units that we've sold. So this is a problem that has to be tracked. It has to be fixed. And people need to know the components of what's selling on Amazon, all the different components, the FBA fees, the PPC fees, the promo fees, the uh, return fees, taxing that, storage fees, the cost of goods. All of these have an impact to your margin and you have to know what they are, so you know what's left over at the end of the day. And I spoke with uh, my friend Cindy Thomason who wrote the book Profit First for e-commerce and just came out in 2019, highly recommend it. She said that 30% profit margins are essential in order to put money back into your pocket, in order to run your business, and in order to reinvest in inventory and new products. 30% profit margins. Now, if Amazon is making a mistake, that's costing you 25% of your margin points and you don't know about it, and that goes on for a long period of time, you are in trouble. And I can tell you from my experience, that happens frequently. Yeah. And that's when Amazon makes mistakes. A lot of sellers don't, um, all, they don't know their margins to begin with, let alone the mistakes that Amazon makes. So that's why margins uh, is, is very important.
1: Yes, yes. I uh, <clears throat> just, just in uh, I don't know, a couple episodes ago, I was talking about, uh, somebody that had was selling a product for eight dollars and 88 cents this was sale price the and they thought that they had a 62 percent margin and uh, while well, just looking at amazon's fees you cannot have 62 percent margin right selling an eight dollar product that is impossible so uh, I'm so glad you you have this and you uh, so, I, I want to recommend people to check out the uh, your margins, and that's at ppcontourage.com forward slash ip dash margins. And, uh, Mike, who does those? Uh, who does your, your cartoons? Because those things are fantastic.
0: Oh, I'm going to give away an industry secret. That's actually design people I- that we work with. So um, they and a really creative uh, team that we have. One of our team members, his name is Ron. He's into like all sorts of superheroes, like Hanna Barbera days and modern superheroes. So left yep. his input, and then also someone else I work with, his name is Ian. He's super creative. So we put all that together, and we wanted to, to, to the superhero. His name is Marvin, and he's going to help you guys steer you in the right directions and show you the different margin eaters. So, like, if you are being eaten alive by PPC ad spend, you're going to be able to see that on a skew-by-skew level. You'll know that one skew has, like, 12% margin impact, and another skew might have 1% margin impact. And that tells you information. It tells you whether you can be more aggressive. It tells you whether you have to pull in the reins a little bit. Also it tells you which variation to go over, to, to go after, all of these different things. So I use margins as a way to start my day. And I go in there and I say, how can I make my margins better today? Where can I steer the ship in a more profitable direction? And what's the best way to do that across all of my accounts? And then we have a business creator, which you create the business. You assign your outside expenses to that business. And then you can see how much money you're making to the T across all of your different Amazon accounts if you have multiple. So it's really, really uh, a great way to know what's going on. Cool. And then you said
1: it can be done on a skew by skew level. So I can know exactly which one it is. And one more thing, Mike, I can add if I all my external costs, stuff that you can all pick up, up from Amazon because it's, it's outside like my, my shipping to the U S, my, my sourcing costs, you know, customs, uh, all
0: that stuff. Can I add them manually? Yeah. So you enter in the cost of goods and we have the ability to adjust the cost of goods by date range. So you, uh, adjust the cost of goods, but then you also add in your monthly expenses. Like let's say you have payroll, you have subscriptions, you have various other things that can be viewed on a monthly expense. So at the, uh, we call it at the eighth of the month because we have to wait for Amazon to return the storage fee information. Mm -hmm. We see the previous month to the dollar, how much money you're actually making as long as you enter in that information the right way you'll know exactly how much money is left over uh, and your net profit margin, which is the most important thing. Sweet. And
1: all of this without having to download any reports.
0: Yeah, and an insanely low price because we wanted to make this not eat into your margin as much. Uh, we wanted to make this like available to the masses of sellers. So it's incredibly low. People made fun of me for it, actually. Well, that's, that's a really good point, right? If we're trying
1: to... Uh, check our, our margins if we were to add, because that's another thing. A lot of people have, I don't know, 10 different tools for selling on Amazon. Some of them that have things that uh, tool A does, B does, and tool C does. But So at, at the end of the month, we stu, we do rack up huge bills for all kinds of softwares and, and stuff like that. So good
0: thing that you have a, a low price. Yeah, and one little tip that I've been doing is I use like a month, I do it on a weekly level. Some people do it on a monthly level. I do sharpening the saw. So I'll go into all my expenses and ask myself, do I still need this? And then I'll remove and eliminate things in my business that I no longer need. It really does help. Cool. So Mike, let's talk about the the spotlight.
1: That's something I don't know. I really don't know what it is about.
0: So it has to do with Uh, headline search ads right yeah so spotlight is now it's called sponsored branding ads so you have to be um, you have to have a brand registry in order to, to leverage this tool but basically it allows you to create 27 different headline search ads sponsored branding ads at once and for those of you who don't know what that is if you type on something in Amazon it's the very first ad that you see at the top of the page now why is this important It's important because Amazon is making a lot of moves with this type of ad uh, inventory. They're really working to make this easier for sellers. They're working to allow sellers to optimize these ads better. Um, It's becoming more competitive, but there still are opportunities because it takes into account ad creative. So sponsored products is very simple. You just, you know, put in a campaign, automatic manual, and you do your thing. You follow strategy, you do your thing. Sponsored brand campaigns, you have to actually be creative. You have to come up with the best image. You have to come up with the best headline. You have to pick the best products. You have to send those, pro- those people to a landing page, whether that be your storefront or a list page of products. So there are various things that come into play, which is another opportunity for sellers if they get good at it to really uh, hone in on a good opportunity and be at the top of Amazon search results, the very top. And now think of it this way. We have um, three different variations of a product and you could put a lifestyle image. Imagine you knew your search term and you had three variations in the the sponsored brand ad plus your your image. Now people come to the page, they automatically see your product four times on the the best, best placement possible. Then if you have a PPC ad and you have organic visibility, that's called swarming the competition. Like you can't, it's hard to really win out on that because you're just visible so many so many different places. Uh, so the point is the sponsored brand ad allows you to get that mass visibility. It also allows you to showcase your brand in a new way. Now they're measuring what's called new to brand, which allows sellers to say how many of these people are coming in that are brand new to my brand. And if I know I'm selling to them two, three, four times, their lifetime cycle is two, three, four times they purchase from me. I may want to bid higher on that keyword just to get them in the door. Because the next time they're not gonna click on that ad. They're just gonna come and search for you and your brand name. So Spotlight allows you to create 27 headline variations all at once with different images, different titles. We help you come up with different uh, headline titles by finding the best keywords to put in there. And then also we have a headline creator that allows you to create the best headlines. Then we also teach you how to make the best ads and then it also optimizes those ads for you um, it's still in its infancy because Amazon's API is in its infancy but as it grows it's going to have a lot of different features that are going to help sellers get the edge on their sponsored brand campaigns and right
1: now how are these being tested is it like a B testing uh, you like I, I get those um, those headlines from you and I do a B testing or do you have, like, uh, are there groups of people outside of Amazon who you show it to and say, which one would you click on? Uh, how do we, How is it
0: tested? Yeah, that's a good idea. You could do it that way. I know there's, um, a, a, uh, there's a group or there's a paid service. You can have people determine which one they would, they would definitely click on versus another. Uh, What we do first is we create the 27 different ads and we visually see which ones look better, the best combinations, Mm -hmm. and then we test them one by one. So we may do one ad with the same keywords for one week and then put in another ad with the same keywords, switch up the main image, switch up the headline, and then test it. And then what you can do inside of Spotlight is you can put those ads in a cluster and you can start to see which ones perform better in that cluster. And then you can get rid of the ones that are underperforming. So you're doing your split testing. Beautiful. And Mike, have you heard of the Amazon
1: Pixel? Uh, I guess we as sellers were not allowed to use it, but uh, I was approached by Amazon Advertising uh, and they, they offered to, well, they showed how, what they can retarget, they would, they can do with their, their Pixel and retarget people that as, seen my ads, people that have seen my listings and have not bought, uh, people that have spent a certain amount of time inside the listings and the, and did not buy, people that I have bought but haven't bought in the last 30 days and we can retarget them, although I can't personally do the retargeting myself, right? I just, uh, they have to do it and, and give me the stats. So I, I accepted. Amazon one day Amazon offer that service, which is a hundred percent free. I just have to spend uh, 35 grand in ads uh, So I accepted uh, Although I haven't heard many people if anybody talking about the use of this Amazon pixel. Uh, have you heard it?
0: I Have no experience using it. I do have experience using the uh The what do they call that there's a third type of ad the retargeting ad that inside of seller central Mm -hmm. Uh, you know you'll see the sponsored product ad the sponsored branding ad and the display network or this display ads where basically they they'll display your ad on third-party networks and retarget based on if people have gone to your listing so I don't know if it's anything similar to that my experience has been it um, hasn't been profitable for us so uh, and I know a lot of sellers as well have had the same experience with that. But if this is the same program that you're talking about, then um, then we did not have good experience with it. But hopefully this is a different program and you can report back and let us know how it goes. Yeah, I will. It, uh,
1: it only started two days ago, so uh, I, I have no clue because reporting only happens biweekly. So mm-hmm. uh, until the next two weeks, I, I will not know. I, I know if the sales will go up, which – they technically um, did not go up too much, like 9%, I believe. So I, I will definitely let you know how, how it goes. All right. Sounds good. Awesome. So, Mike, tell everybody uh, where they can find PPC Entourage, where they can find you, and know more about you.
0: Sure. So you can find us online at ppcentourage.com. Also we have a Facebook group where I hang out there I answer questions. Uh, that's the PPC that's the entourage seller community on Facebook. And then also I am available at my email address. Any questions Mike at ppcentourage.com.
1: Perfect. I got those here written out and i will go to put on the show notes. So for the people that are driving uh, you can check it out when you when you get home. Go to qasellingonline.com. Check out Mike's episode, which, unfortunately, I do not know the number right now. But check it out. You'll see Mike's face on that, uh, Mike and my face on that episode, and you can check out the links there. Mike, thank you so much for your nuggets, and uh, I appreciate your time. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, everyone, for listening.